Rashid Ibrahim was a football player for the University of Wisconsin and also for the University of Pittsburgh. Rashid came to Wisconsin as a graduate transfer and had a really successful time at Wisconsin on the football team on one of the better teams in recent memory in Wisconsin football, the team that went undefeated during the regular season and had a an Orange Bowl victory, and Rashid was a really important member of that team. I've been fortunate to get to know Rashid over the last several years, and and anyone who has spent time around Rashid is deeply affected by his positive attitude and his great outlook on life. Rashid has been a really talented and successful athlete from the time he was young, growing up in Maryland, and I especially enjoyed a few parts of our conversation. First, Rashid talked about the relationship he had with his mom and how impactful that was over the years, both in sports and in school, and just supporting each other through hard times. I really enjoyed hearing Rashid's perspective on that. Another relationship that Rashid discussed was his relationship with his teammates and how important those friendships are in, in sustaining each other through difficult times. One story he shared in particular with, was with a roommate and friend at the University of Pittsburgh, James Connor, when James had some really difficult life issues and how Rashid and James supported each other through that difficult time. The last thing that I really especially appreciated from our conversation with Rashid was his discussion of his relationship with the Wisconsin football coaches, with Coach Christ and with the other coaches, Coach Settle and Coach Rudolph and other coaches at Wisconsin. And what stood out to me was Rashid talking about the belief and the trust that was present in those relationships going both ways, his belief and trust in the coaches and their belief and trust in him and how they gave him an opportunity and he capitalized on it. So Rashid Ibrahim is a real inspiration, I know, for many young athletes and he continues to be a really positive impact on so many people. I, again, am just very fortunate to have the chance to know Rashid and have learned so much from him over the years. And I just want to thank Rashid for joining us. Again, on this podcast, we are looking at how sports create good and how lives and communities are made better in and through sport. And so Rashid is uh, just a wonderful example of this. And I'm proud to have him on the show today. Thanks, Rashid, for joining us. podcast i really appreciate it um real real thankful for even thinking about me but no like you said um you know always kind of just had the humble approach to a lot of things in life just kind of from family to um sports um but yeah grew up out here in the dmv area dc maryland area um and uh obviously my father passed away when i was really young i was five years old and my father passed away i was raised by a single mother um, you know, she was an immigrant from Africa, um, West Africa, and uh, came over to the States with my with, with my father um, when he got a job out here. But he passed away when, uh, obviously, we were really young. And my mom was left with two kids to um, raise right here in uh, Maryland. 
Um, and uh, it's, it, it was tough, but um, you know, I think just she had to she had to really become really tough, and she, you know, she's a lot of why I am the way I am today. Um, and you know, one of the main things she got us into, regardless of what it was, was sports because it was one of those things as I was growing up. Uh, you know, just kind of trying to stay out of trouble, um, trying to just stay on the correct path. She was just very big on academics, and um, she saw that sports would be something that you know could keep me out of trouble, keep me focused in school. And uh, that was really big. Uh, um, you know, growing up, I didn't really, I never thought about football. Like I said, I, I grew up on basketball and soccer. Um, you know, I remember seeing football when I was really young and thinking, like, what is this? Like, on Sundays, I'd come back and be like, what is going on? Like, what is this? Until so one day, you know, a random coach saw me. I was a big kid growing up. Me and my brother were pretty big for our ages. Um, and uh, my brother, my coach saw me at the grocery store with my mom one time. And I, I think I had like a Senegal soccer jersey on. And the guy asked me, he was like, hey, you know, you like football or soccer? And I was like, yeah, I like it. And he was like, well, you know, we have American football here. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah. He was like, you want to play? And I was like, sure. And I, my, my mom was right there. And I was like, you know, can, can we get signed up? And the guy was like, I have, I have like the sign-up sheets in my car. I can get it for you. Practice right around the corner. And that's how I got into football. And my mom signed me up right there. He was just like, yo, just come bring your sons to practice this Tuesday at six o'clock. And I showed up. He was like, you know, we'll get you situated. And I think it was like a year, a week or two into the season. And I believe that was summer of 2003 or two. Um, so that's kind of how I got into football. I had no idea. But at the time, I like basketball, I like soccer. And uh, just having a mom, a strong mom that just uh, – you know, was trying to keep me out of trouble and do her best to raise her two sons out here. Um, so that was kind of how I got into sports. Um, and then growing, getting into middle school and high school, I developed into a pretty decent athlete just naturally. And, you know, by the time I was with middle school, I was having a conversation with coaches and people that saw potential in me that I didn't see in myself or even know about. They were talking to me about having an opportunity to play in high school and then going to play in college and have a chance to play in the pros and things like that when I was just in middle school. And I didn't understand it back then. I was just like, I'm just having fun with my friends and having a blast. Um, so, no, to answer some of your questions, that's kind of, you know, that was kind of my upbringing. Just, you know, that's how I got into football. That's how I got into sports. I played multiple sports in high school, which I think is great to do. Um, and that's really how I got into sports leading up to, you know, a productive high school career and going on to college and so on. First time I met you, I don't know, maybe four years ago or so, three or four years ago, you were with your mom and you were visiting Madison. And, and I two things struck me about you right away. One was just that the tight bond that you and your mom had was very evident when you were meeting, when, when I was meeting with you both um, and the affection you had for each other and the, the, the way you both were supporting each other was very evident. It was different from a lot of other uh, students I've met with over the years. Um, so when I was wanted to ask you about that bond, which you've already referred to a little bit, but the other is that she, um, she was really informed when you came and she was asking really in, informed questions about what your experience would be like, what types of courses you would take, how academics and athletics would go together. Um, so I guess my question is, how did she, um, come to, to, know so well what to ask coming to this campus that you probably had never been to um yeah. and then how did you and how was your relationship with your mom around you know recruiting whether it was when i was at Pitt or at wisconsin 
how did you, what was your relationship like as you talked about your options? Yeah, no. Um, well, number one, like my mom is an educated woman, you know, um, at the time when she came over, you know, um, she didn't know what she was getting herself into, but obviously when my father passed away, she understood that like she needs to get educated and she went to school a lot of my time in school as well. She was in school um, as a single mom going to school in the afternoons or in the evenings, um, getting her degree. And she um, got herself a, a, a bachelor's and a master's degree all while raising us at the same time. So academics was like the number one thing to her. It didn't matter what, like academics was huge. We got to talk about academics growing up all the time. Um, so that was like a huge thing for her. And obviously, as I started to get into sports, you know, even I remember in high school, I told her, like, I was trying to explain to her, she didn't understand football, I had no idea what I was doing. She just knew I was playing football. Um, and, you know, a lot of times my mom didn't get to experience my high school games a lot. She went to a couple, not very much. But like I said, she wasn't she was in school herself. So a lot of evenings she'd be um, going to classes or things like that, taking classes. But, you know, I come back and be like, hey, you know, and you know, coach, I'm doing well and I'm getting some college attention. She's like, oh, cool, great, you know, but like make sure your academics are right because you're not going to get accepted if you don't have academics. And I was like, all right, yeah, like my academics, I'm doing what I can, um, but like I'm, I'm going to get some scholarship. It's looking like mom. And she's like, all right, well, like just academics. And that's all she would preach. And that was kind of the relationships we had. Like we, I just knew like what she wanted out of me. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to do my best to give it to her. But she also wanted me to do well in football. It's not like she didn't care about it, but I knew what she was doing. She was doing what she needed to do for us as a family. So, like, her not being at my games or things like that, I never, like, it didn't bother me at all. I knew what she was doing. Um, I knew that she was taking care of what she needed to take care of, and I knew that she was proud of me. And, uh, you know, she saw my name in the paper. Her friends saw her in the community and said, oh, I saw your son's name in the paper. I knew that, you know, she was happy to hear that. But at the same time, she... I always kept that humble approach and that that's probably where I get mine where like she never let that type of stuff get to her you know people would see her around and be like oh I saw Rasheed doing this in a paper I saw he did well this that, and there and she would just take it with a grain of salt because number one she wasn't even really informed on it because she didn't understand what you know being an all-state player all-met player you know all-county player even meant she was like oh great and things like that. So she just had a real humble approach to it. And I think that a lot of that comes from me. And that just kind of built our relationship. Our relationship is never like really steered around football or, or even academics, but really steered around what we expected out of each other. Um, she wanted me to be a good student and, and, and do well in everything I do. And, and I know she, what she was doing. I, she was just being trying to be a great mom to us and working hard and studying hard and things like that when we were younger. So I think we just had that relationship where it was just, you know, we had each other's back along with my brother as well. Um, so that's kind of where our relationship started. And, and I think, like you said, her bringing up those questions just came from like, even when I started getting scholarships and she had finally understood like, okay, like he has a full scholarship to go to college when I was in high school and he has a handful of them now. As we were going around the process, taking official visits and things like that to college campuses, she just wanted to know about the academics, like she knew I was going to handle the football part. You know, she's not, that, that wasn't her deal. She knew I was going to handle the football part. Um, growing up, it's not like she, she knew I was doing it already. Um, she was just concerned about academics. You know, what is he going to be studying? What are his options? How, how did, how does this and that work? Obviously she had a chance to, you know, give, give me the experience that, you know, you know, she had to do differently. You know, her college experience wasn't like that. She didn't get to go, and get um, toured around these big time schools and 
you know, um, be flown out to these places. Like we were, we were experiencing that. So we got to experience these recruiting trips together and it really, it really brought a different perspective and she took advantage of it. She was like, let me ask some questions. Let me see what they had going on here. So by the time you met me, when I was transferring to Wisconsin and, you know, she was excited to speak with somebody and just, you know, ask questions. She had some understanding. I was fortunate enough to earn my degree from the University of Pittsburgh already, my bachelor's. So when I had a chance to go towards a master's, she was really excited. You know, that was probably what she was most excited about when I got the opportunity to go to Wisconsin. The fact that I could start a master's and, you know, had a chance for it, and it's still going to be paid for through football like that. That type of stuff was like amazing to her. Like it was unbelievable. She didn't understand that, like, that's how things work out here in the States and like you can take advantage of it. And obviously she was, you know, going into student loans to go to school. You know, it's not like that's not uh, the situation we were coming from. And here I was having an opportunity to go to two great schools, Pitt and Wisconsin and chase a master's. Like, so she wanted to know all about it. And that's probably where a lot of her questions were coming from and how she was really interested in what, what we have going on here. We had never been to Wisconsin. That was my first, my, that was mine and her first trip ever to Wisconsin. And never, never thought in my life that I ever would have been in Wisconsin. So that was kind of just where a lot of that stemmed from. You've done this amazing job with you and your mom of, of creating opportunities and identifying opportunities and capitalizing on them, getting, like you said, undergraduate degree, master's degree. Um, but it wasn't all smooth along the way. Rashid, I was reading about your pit career a bit, and you, you came in as this really uh, great recruit, and you immediately played as a freshman and a sophomore and did really well. And then you had this horrible injury, a, a torn Achilles, which is one of the worst injuries you can get as, a, as an athlete. I wonder if you could share a bit about that experience of the injury and less about this, you know, the science of the physical injury as much as kind of the psychological impact of it and how you responded to that and how you got through that injury. Absolutely. Like you said, um, came in as a freshman, you know, just a young, humble freshman trying to come in and compete and didn't know, really know how college sports work or anything like that. I'm coming from uh, Maryland up to Pittsburgh and I've decided on Pittsburgh and I go up there and, you know, I had a great camp my freshman year. I can remember having a blast being with the guys, just being happy to be there and just being so thankful to be there and had an opportunity to play right away as a freshman. Um, very fortunate. Not many people get to do that. I think it was like about like five of us in the class of like 27 that played as a freshman and I was one of them. So I was just real thankful and appreciative of the opportunity to just be, a, be able to help out the team as a true freshman. Um, and like you said, going on to sophomore year, got to cont contribute more, a little bit more my sophomore year. And then my junior year, looking poised to have a great a great junior year. And I got struck with an injury. Um, my, uh, the first, the last Monday of the last week of camp. So just two weeks outside of the first game after having a pretty solid camp and things like that under a new coaching staff. And uh, so it was, it was tough. It was one of the toughest things I had to go to. I mean, I remember crying when they told me my season was over. And, you know, I need surgery in two days. And I remember crying with the trainer and, you know, they were just trying to console me. And uh, I had never dealt with that type of adversity, at least on the football field um, or in sports. I never had a season and an injury. I never missed a game in, um, in Little League or high school. Um, and my first two years of college, I hadn't missed a game. Um, so that was something that was real tough. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really by the grace of God and just, you know, my faith and, you know, 
the people back home that cared about me because I remember like even the night I had surgery I, I put up a post just letting people know what had happened and I got so much love and, and, and uh, a lot of people just sending me well wishes and wishing but it was tough you know it was tough mentally um just navigating and seeing the season go on and you're not a part of it but also one of the one of the craziest things that happened is that my roommate at the time James uh, Connor he also a week later tore his MCL and was out for the season. And uh, him and I were both done for the season at the same time. And we were both the two running backs that were looking to contribute this year. And uh, we were both done for the season. Him and I both lived together. It was just us two in an apartment. And it was one of the toughest things to go to. So, you know, and I looked for a lot of motivation and looked for a lot of things. People were praying for me. People were calling me, sending me well wishes. And But at the end of the day, you still have to live through that adversity. And that's what I had to do. I had to go to bed every night, understanding that my season's over. And probably the first month or so was very tough, you know, I'm going into rehab, understanding that, like, this is a long process. This is a six to nine month process. Um, relearning how to walk, all types of things that I never had to do. You know, I'm a 20 year old um, junior in college. And that that was just really tough. And, you know, like I said, through a lot of prayer and just people having my back, family, friends, coaches, teammates, and just people keeping those positives in my ears. Um, those are some of the things that kept me going, you know, my faith, um, my belief in God. And those were a lot of things. And obviously having to deal with it with my roommate, we just kind of fed off each other. And, you know, it was a bond that we created right there where, you know, we were just going to help each other. You know, I was on a scooter. He was on crutches for like the first six weeks. We were just together in the house navigating, trying to get around um, and things like that. So it was tough. And, and that's where, you know, it's and that's where your college journey teaches you about all types of things, adversity, um, weathering the storm, just uh, getting through some of these tougher times. But at the end of the day, I knew that like what I was dealing with wasn't the worst thing in the world. While it was tough, I knew that there's a lot there. There's a silver lining and figuring it out like, you know what, this has happened. How do I respond? And that's really how I ch chose to go about it with my response. I'm going to attack the rehab. I'm going to do everything I can to get back healthy. And by the grace of God, I was able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely wasn't easy. Um, definitely some long nights, uh, some, some, some tears were shed. Um, but understanding that, you know, the sun's going to rise again, um, even though, you know, it may not look too bright right now. And sure enough, it did. You mentioned adversity and you're right that all, all college students go through adversity in all kinds of ways, athletes, non-athletes. One of the things that's really struck me in this last couple of years is that as you know, the adversities that college students go through when they're a part of a team, that there's this built in kind of social structure of support that you have. You just mentioned a really robust group of people who helped you. And I've read some, one of the things I've really admired about you, Rashid, is the way that since I have known you, how I've repeatedly see you step up to other people who are having a hard time and you yeah. proactively do that. You proactively seek people who need help and you're able to recognize that and actively do it. And that's been really amazing for me to watch. Um, and I read the story about, you just mentioned James Connor, who now is a really well-known NFL running back for the Steelers. Um, can you tell the story about one day what happened while you were sitting with him at your the two of you at home at your apartment yeah yeah so yeah james um james connors was a running back just like me we both came in a pit at the same year so we immediately latched on we were two freshman running backs we immediately made that connection we were on the same official visit 
um, and things like that. So we immediately just connected and became best friends, you know, on campus and everyone saw us together. And, you know, we, we, we lived together three out of our four years um, on, uh, at Pitt. And, uh, you know, he's a great brother of mine and he's doing really well now in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. And I'm just really proud of him and his journey. And, and obviously we got to share a good amount of that time together in college. But no, like you said, the same year that I tore my Achilles and he tore his MCL, we were both out for the season. So we were just kind of on the same schedule, rehabbing in the morning, going to practice, watch, just watching practice together, spending a tremendous amount of time already from, this, from the fact that we lived together. We were just doing the, the whole thing together. Um, and uh, throughout the year, you know, he kind of struggled with some things like, um, um, you know, not sleeping very well and you know, having a cold and things like that. Wasn't really sure what was going on. And obviously, you know, we're in the best shape. We're thinking we're in the best shape of our life. And we're thinking we're, um, you know, just maybe we just got some discomfort, whatever, not thinking much into it. But later on in the season, that same year, uh, you know, he, he went to go get tested um, and they found they found a mass in his chest uh, and they diagnosed it as um, lymphoma. Um, so a, a, a form of cancer. And uh, just very tough. And um, like you said, um, you know, he had uh, he had gotten a call and just I was sitting in the um, I was sitting in the living room and he came in the house and uh, we went to go get Chipotle. Actually, we went to go get Chipotle and we came back in the house and he got the call saying that, uh, you know, it's been confirmed that it is, in fact, lymphoma. And I just remember like my stomach, you know, dropping and like, you know, looking at him and like, damn, like what in the world, bro? Like. I know we just dealing with these, you know, Achilles and MCLs, and we're thinking, you know, nobody's thinking about cancer. Like, obviously, you think about cancer. I personally haven't dealt with someone very close to me like that that had cancer. Um, so just obviously, you think about, like, you know, life or death. You really start, like, it makes the Achilles and MCL seem like nothing, like, you know, a little scratch on your finger or something. And that's kind of the mindset. But he just had a real re resilient and mindset to be like you know what i'm gonna beat this thing and and we sat there and we just you know were sick to our stomachs not really understanding what's next not knowing what's going to happen but you know we talked a little bit and, and and like i say he just had a real resilient mindset that like i gotta find a way to beat this thing like i just want to play ball again like i'm here for a reason and, and he was just had a strong faith that like even gave me the faith to be like wow he's going through it i'm just I'm not going through it. He's going through it, but he's talking like this. It just gave me the faith to even believe even more. And, you know, he went on through, I think, what, six months of chemotherapy twice, twice, uh, twice a month. Um, and, you know, I just try to be, be there for him through whatever he needed, um, whether it's coming home from chemo and he's not feeling well and those type of things are just, you know, we just sat there and just went on, went on through this whole journey along with his family and some of his loved ones and the coaches and the University of Pittsburgh. They were just so great, great to him and to us and just being so helpful and, you know, making everything a lot easier than, than it, it could have been. And, uh, you know, just real thankful to all those people, the trainers, the doctors, the coaches, just everybody that helped made the journey while he was fighting this, this disease. Um, and by the grace of God, he was able to beat it in, um, in, in that May, um, that, that following May when we found out in December and he was cleared and um, had an opportunity to rejoin, re, rejoin, you know, all the teammates and everybody and get back on the field. Um, but no, it was definitely um, just just lets you know how, how life life can throw you all types of curveball and adversity is just something that if you attack it with a mindset 
um, you know, you can overcome it, you know, along with great people in your corner, uh, things can, can, things can happen. You know, it's not going to break you. It's going to make you stronger. And I think it, it made us stronger. It gave us a different bond that like till this day, like it's even hard to talk about because it's just, I can't believe like we lived that, you know, we lived that 20, that year in 2015 where we dealt with all those things. And it was just like, we were just two young juniors trying to just go to school, play football and, and chase our dream. And we were getting hit with these snowballs and just didn't really know how to react. But like I said, man, through the grace of God, through all the people that were helpful, all the coaches, doctors, trainers, everybody, friends, family, everybody was just so helpful in the corner and just giving us everything we needed to, to, to fight this fight. And obviously James being the biggest fighter of them all, just battling, going at night every day, knowing that he's dealing with this with this disease and understanding that he's waking up every morning trying to fight it. And I saw him do things that, you know, only a true warrior is out there doing, working out, doing things while he's dealing with this disease. And it just gave us a whole new, just gave me a whole new inspiration. Until this day, I tell him all the time, like he's one of my biggest inspirations, even though we um, we went through this this adversity, the fact that he lived it and he fight through it. So no, it was a, it was a, it was definitely very unique and a, a very big part of my life and how I look at life now, just having gone through that experience with James. I've seen this repeatedly in the last several years as, as, young people who are parts of team at the university here where I am, um, whether it's a loss of a loved one or a, or an injury or something more profound, um, the built-in structure of a team can be so critical in helping get through those. I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of adolescents or high school age kids or college age kids have is, is some of them can be kind of floating without, you know, a sustainable relational infrastructure and, and these teams really give that and and in some ways teammates are the center of that but coaches also help shape that how it happens and I've um I'm wondering about your relationship with coach Christ you you played for him at and coach and coach Rudolph at Pitt and then your last couple of years and then you came here I'm, and I haven't asked you about this much, but um, what was it about that relationship that essentially led you to come to where they, you know, to a new yeah. place to be with them? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Coach Chris, Coach Rudolph, Coach Settle. I mean, some of the some of the best people out there. Um, real grateful for all of them. Obviously, they brought me into the college football journey. Um, you know, recruiting me as a, at a high school and giving me the offering me a scholarship. You know, I remember the the first day when. You know, I sat in Coach Chris's office when I was in high school, and he, he told me I'm, I'm giving you a full scholarship to attend the University of Pittsburgh, one of the happiest days of my life. So I'm forever grateful for someone like Coach Chris. Um, and, you know, he's out there in a leadership role, leading young men all over the all over the country and giving them opportunities, taking them out of, you know, environments that are, 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 are tough or different and giving them a chance to get a college education, play football. Um, at the end of the day, it takes a village. It's always been my mindset. You can't do it alone. So just having those relationships with those with those coaches um, meant a lot to me. And obviously played with them two years at Pittsburgh. Um, he had an opportunity to uh, rejoin, um, to go back to his alma mater, the University of Wisconsin. And he left. Uh, and uh, I stayed at Pittsburgh two more years and um, had an opportunity to uh, graduate and look to grad transfer and 
the moment they came call, uh, they came and were willing to give me an opportunity to join them, I think it was really a no-brainer to me. Um, I had some other opportunities, but at that point, I think the relationship just meant more for them to even want to give me a shot. Again, I, I'm coming off a torn Achilles. They don't know if I'm, I, you know, they took my word that I, that I, I was back 100% healthy, which I was. And, uh, but they took that and, you know, it's not like they made me work out or look, do something to show them. They're like, how are you feeling? You feel good? I said, yeah, I feel great. And he gave me that. He gave me the opportunity, offered me a scholarship to come play with them. And it's not, it's not like that. I would say they even needed me. What were some of the most difficult aspects of your time when you transferred to Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, nothing's easy. Nothing, nothing is, it's not a cakewalk anywhere. Any any journey comes with its ups and downs, um, but yeah, joining the university, uh, joining uh, the University of Wisconsin was great and all. Like you said, it was a great opportunity, but it came with a challenge. I knew what I was getting myself into. I wasn't just going somewhere where I was just going to be the best guy on the team or something like that. I was going to go to an opportunity where I was going to have to compete, and you know, I, I wasn't necessarily playing as much as I wanted right away. Um, but then I earned myself a role, and you know, I ran with it and things like that. It gave me a chance. And, you know, the coaches kept it, they kept it 100 with me when they were recruiting me. They are like, we have an opportunity for you. You're going to have to compete for a spot. But, like, we'd love to have you here. We loved you at Pittsburgh. We, we'd love to have you here. Um, we like everything you're about. And that's all I wanted out of them was an opportunity to compete. And that's what, it, that's what it was. You know, some of the challenges of not playing right away or, you know, not playing as much as you'd like. But down the road, it all paid off. You know, I was able to earn a spot and, um, you know, earn my my, my, my my role and be in that and excel in that role and things like that. But just navigating through the ups and downs of, you know, being on a very successful team and a team that was doing really well that year and joining a team like that, it's never easy. And just the expectation of, of, of understanding that, you know, every game is just as important, you know, sometimes not having the best game and thinking, you know what, how about if a coach is done with me or things like that. But just having that mindset that they always motivated you, they – they gave, they tried to give you everything they need to help you. And that's, that's what I try to focus on. You know, I try to focus on, you know, even if I make a mistake, even if I'm, you know, I didn't have the best practice or, or things like that, like, you know, coming in and putting in the extra work, talking to coaches, how can I, how can I be better? You know, where can I help the team and things like that? So obviously we had a chance to be real successful that year. And I'm glad I, 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 I played a role in helping, helping that, um, so, but that that was kind of some of the challenges of just you know I, I wasn't playing or, I wasn't playing as much right away you know it took me until I think I remember the Nebraska game where I finally broke in and had a really good game and earned a spot and kept it for the rest of the season but things like that but you know the coaches always believed in me and they knew I was ready and my preparation was was what you know prepared me for that opportunity um, and just practicing hard and being ready and coach said helped me prepare and letting me know when my opportunity comes, be ready to go. And it finally came, and I was ready to go, and I earned my role and kept it the rest of the year, and I uh, enjoyed it. I've, I've really enjoyed the last few years. You and I periodically go back and forth about stuff happening, like with the NCAA and that kind of stuff, because you're always thinking about it. You're always thinking about your own experience, but also what's best for you know student-athletes. Um, well, I want to ask you about one issue, which is transferring. And yours was different because you were a graduate transfer. You graduated from Pitt, got your bachelor's degree. You could go wherever you wanted and immediately be eligible. But we've we've traded and sometimes disagreed in, in different ways, agreed and disagreed um, about that issue, transferring, and whether 
um, young people should be able to choose where to go in the middle of a you know in the middle of a career um, have to sit out a year or around that what what where have your thoughts kind of settled these days on the transfer issue for student athletes oh absolutely um and you know I'm, I'm 100% behind a student athlete I'm always you know trying to find or thinking of ways of how can we make the experience even great how can we support them even more and uh my, my thing was just always like you can't really not, not, I don't want to say punish, but just, you know, use a year to not play because of a decision a kid made when he was 17, 18 years old, you know, when he was throwing all these opportunities. Um, so if a kid decides that, you know, I've been at this school for a little bit, but it's not the best fit for me and wants to transfer, how can we say he needs to, he can't play? I just never understood that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there is a redshirt rule. So if by any chance he needed a redshirt, he can redshirt. But let that be at the discretion of the coaches and the people in that building. If he needed to get right academically, no problem. If he needed to, you know, if he just needed a year to, to get back and cool. But I think let it be at the discretion of that university, that institution, along with the people that are really in there and speaking with that that athlete and dealing with that athlete. On a, it should be on a ba- on that type of basis, not really. If you want to transfer, you have to sit out a year because now you're making it tougher. That person may not want to sit out, so now he's staying in his situation that he's unhappy with, and now you're hurting his development and things like that. I know when I was transferring, I understood that I was in a position where I, I had just sat out the year before being hurt. So now I know if I wanted to transfer, I don't want to go sit out again. So I made sure that I graduated early, so I took enough classes and things like that. But that may that could be another that could be different for somebody else. If you sat out with injury and then you want to transfer, you haven't graduated, you have to sit out again. So now that's two years of sitting out. So just things like that. That's always been my mindset with like I want to support the student athlete, that family, that institution, um, and things like that. So I never quite understood why the NCAA had that rule. I know they talk about kind of an acclimation period, but like kind of some people at some people may need it some people may not need it so put it at the discretion of the people actually dealing with that student athlete whether it be this you know the counselors the academic advisors the coaches okay yeah you need a year to get situated no you don't need a year come on in so we've seen all types of stories throughout the uh, throughout the year where some guys are granted a waiver you have to go through a waiver you have to, i don't even think that should be a process just leave it up to the institution along with the leaders in that institution i saw you last year a number of times uh, back on campus and even at, I think I even saw you out at the, at the bowl game. One particular incident, I was taking notes throughout the year as I was um, learning about the football team. And there's, there was a big game, I think it was in September against Michigan at Camp Randall stadium. And it was the Friday afternoon practice before the game. And so there were all kinds of it was a big game, Michigan game. There's a lot of hoopla, you know. There's a lot of former players back on the sidelines, a lot of a lot of action, and and you were you were there, and I was we were having a conversation, and you one line you said to me that I wrote down then I want to ask you about now, is you were looking out at the guys on the field, the current players, and you said these guys just don't know how good they have it, and then you were so you were a year removed from your college career at that point. Um, what what did you mean? No, absolutely. Um, no, that I stand by that. I think the college experience is something that's just so unique, a brotherhood that we, very few people get to share. You know, I think the I think the number is like less than three percent of high school athletes get to go play Division One football, and here we are, part of that. Um, you know, we get to be in this unique space, 
and just, you know, I was a year removed from being right there on that Friday and just understanding that like, wow, like I will never get to, there will never be a time that you, it will feel like this. You'll get to do this again, regardless of if you go to the NFL, if you go on to go do anything else in business, be a doctor, anything. It's just not, you. Th- th- this is the best time. This like, there just won't be, you won't be able to, to bring about that feeling again. And, you know, like you said, they were playing a big game versus Michigan. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of talks about this and that, but I know that I, I just coming back now, a year removed, I was like, wow, like, they weren't lying when they said, like, there won't be a, a, another time like this. These are the best times of your life, you know, being with the, your brothers. and You know, you guys are all in the same way. You guys are student athletes. You guys aren't just pros or things like that. You're really all around the same age, going through the same battles, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, it doesn't matter. But, no, I stand by that. I think there's just really being a part of that brotherhood of, you know, playing big-time college football and being in those those, those situations – a Friday practice before a big game. I was like, you know, I was just really appreciative that I got to be a part of that for five years at two great schools, Pitt and Wisconsin. So, you know, I was just real fortunate and real, it was just like, I, I looked back on it and I was like, wow, like that, that was us last year getting ready to go. And, but here I am looking back at it. So that was really just kind of where that came from and understanding the, the, the blessing we had and being in those, in, in those shoes one day. You said it, it. they don't realize how good they have it. And I, I, I think there's a little, the way you say you say that is different from maybe the way some people say it. And what I mean is this, this is my last question for you. I think for a lot of people, they have this great experience in college and it ends up being the peak experience of their life. And I'm not, It's and it's almost like, you know, the glory days that they keep rehashing for the next <laughs> 50 years like that's the peak and everything from there is just remembering that and I don't take that from you at all like I from you I get that you had this great experience there were good there were good things there were bad things there were difficult things you view it in its entirety but as we've kept in touch the last couple years as you've kind of navigated your post-college world you always have your eye on what's next and where your place is and, and how you can impact others. Um, and that's, I admire you for that. I admire you for taking what you got out of that experience and seeing how you apply it next. Um, how have you kept that positive perspective that, you know, your best days are still coming and you're still making them happen? That's the first part. And do you have advice for young people coming through that college experience to transition so well like you have you your post-college experience has been shaped by a pandemic and all kinds of other really difficult things and yet here you are talking with such you know passion and energy and conviction about how good things are and i where does that come from no absolutely um a lot of it probably comes from my faith and just my mom and understanding where I came from. And, you know, the fact that I'm just so grateful to be where I'm at right now that, you know, I, I feel like I shouldn't be here, but I am. And so I have to take advantage of it. Um, and just from the people that helped me get get here, um, you know, all the coaches from little league coaches to high school coaches to college coaches to mentors to friends, everybody that's just been a part of my journey, and my process, I just feel like 
regardless, they may not feel like they're so much a part of it, but I, I tell them all the time, even now when I, I come back and I talk to people and I talk to kids, that's why I never take an opportunity to talk to, you know, high school kids or middle school kids for granted because I, I'm like, I know I was there. I, I know what you're feeling. And trust me, like, you know, one of my biggest phrases is be where your feet are, feet are, you know, be where your feet are, maximize that opportunity of where you're at right now. If you're playing little league football, maximize that. It's going to be done. You're going to go to high school. You're in high school football, maximize that. You're going to be done. You're going to have a chance to go to college if you do or you don't, but so on and so forth. So just, that's kind of just been my, my, my mindset of just being appreciative for, for the opportunity I'm in, but also maximizing and doing everything I can. Will there be ups and downs? Of course, 100%. Doesn't mean that like you can't learn from that, you can't grow from that, because all these situations are going to build you and, and, and create that character development that you need to one day be a father. You know, If you're a, a woman, be a mother one day, be, be a wife, be a husband. All those things are you're going to have to lead. And, you know, be a CEO, be a business person, you know, whatever these your, your life experiences are what's going to shape you. That's how you're going to rely You're how, how you handle adversity, how you handle wins, how you handle, you know, the, the, the all the wins and, and, and the good things that happen. All that is going to shape you. Um, all that is going to, you know, create how you respond to situations down the road and things like that. So really, that's just kind of how. You know, just having that humble approach that I'm just grateful to be here, but let me maximize it. Let me give it everything I got. Control what I can control. Um, that's kind of just been my experience coming from just like I said, a humble beginning, a single mom, like growing up in in the DMV area. And I, I'm not, I don't feel like I was supposed to be here, but I am. So like, it would be a shame if I didn't take advantage of it. If I didn't speak to all the people I could, if I didn't work as hard as I could at workouts, if I didn't try to get you know, the best grades that I can get. And yeah, you're going to fall sometimes. You're going to fail. It's okay. Get back up, you know, do it again. That's, that's all, that's all I've been asked to do is just, you know, give it my all. That's all I've been asked to do. Wake up and give it my all. The good Lord wakes us up. And all we're asked to do is give it our all and whatever we're doing, wherever my feet are, I'm going to give them all. If I'm in class, I'm going to do my best to give them all. If I'm at workouts, I'm going to do my best to give them all. If I'm doing community service, I'm going to do that. And through that, I build these great relationships. And I think the energy is just real and it's around and people get to navigate and I get to meet people and, and they can see that that's just where I'm coming from. Um, and really just talking to the young the young world behind me, you know, I feel like it's my duty just because I know like a lot of people, you know, they, they, they see what we I've been able to accomplish and what, you know, being able to play football here and do that. And, chase professional opportunities and all types of things like that. But just, just talking to them, my biggest thing is, like I say, is be where your feet are, be where your feet are, maximize your opportunity, control what you can control. If you have a goal, give it your everything, worry about the results later, but don't focus too much on the end result. Cause my goal was never to, my goal was just to play football and be the best player of football I could be. And it led me to scholarships. It led me to Pittsburgh. It led me to Wisconsin. But not, I didn't focus on those. Like, I didn't focus on that end goal. I focused on the process of working hard, being a great teammate, being accountable, um, being trustworthy, um, being honest, those type of characteristics. I focused working hard. Those are the type of things I, I, I focused on, and those led me to those opportunities. So maximizing where you're at, understanding that things will happen. Can't control them. Things will happen. Adversity will strike at any given moment. 
but just being focused on like how do I respond? Get back up. You fail. Get back up. Give it a try. That's the, that's that's really what I would speak to the young world behind me, athlete, non-athlete, whatever, any walk of life. You know, just be focused on the process. The results will happen. You don't have control of the results. We don't know if we're going to win or lose. We know if we prepared and we gave it everything we had, we'll live with the results.